Am I doing this right? Wait, was that him? Crying? Is, he Is he choking? Oh my god, oh my god. It's four. I think he might have pooped. No goes on the diaper change. I think we need to give him a bath. I am so tired. I ordered something else on Amazon. What's that weird rash? Do we let him cry this time? Do you think we need to call What time do you think he should go down tonight? Oh my god, he's so cute. Siri, play wheels on the bus. Welcome to Probably Okay Parenting, a podcast where we talk about parenting and all the fun that goes along with it. And also, tomfoolery. Always. Also, I think it's maybe easier to say what this is not than to describe what it is. Mm, I mean, that could be true for most things. This is not an advice podcast. This is not literally a Subaru. <laughs> This is not a podcast where you'll probably glean any valuable information. I don't agree with that. Okay, maybe a little tidbit here and there. Okay. Well, you've just really sold the podcast. <laughs> Anyone new who's listening? This has been a great start to this episode. Well, everybody, that's been probably okay parenting. Uh, we've been really thankful for you. Uh, See, I told you, it's not something that you're going to glean anyway, any information. So what are we talking about today, Allison? <laughs> oh, hey. Today we're going to give a brief recap. We're going to go into a very popular segment that we haven't done in a while, Parent Confessions. Okay. We're going to move into Parenting News, where we're going to talk about Emily Oster's book, Crib Sheet, mm -hmm. and end with our traditional Hilo Weird. Okay, yeah, and as always, if you hear Allison's volume kind of going in and out, it's because she does not know how to do a sound <laughs> check. <laughs> I try. All sound checks for Allison are check, check one, check two. Then when we do it, hey, she immediately starts yelling into the microphone. I anyway, just get really excited. I know, I know. Okay, well, jumping right in. Break, break, recap, recap, recap. Recap. So uh, tell us about your week. You know, I feel like we had a pretty positive week here in Toddlerland. Our guy is 16 and a half months. Whoa. No crazy new developments this week. Just kind of chugging along. I think his language is like on the cusp of kind of exploding. Totes agree. Totes agree. He's got a few little phrases that he uses and he is I feel using like them more and more. I feel like he's learning a new like word or two or like a phrase each week. Yeah, that Every sounds about days, right. Every couple days, that kind of thing. Right. One thing that's kind of weird. So he used to always say bye-bye, bye-bye. And he would, without even prompting, if we were leaving the house or getting his coat and shoes on, yeah, he'd even start leaving the room, it. I feel like sometimes. Yeah, bye-bye, bye-bye. But recently he's replaced that with bye-dah. Yeah, he just says that to everyone. So he says that every time he leaves a place, he now says bye-dah. Yeah, instead of bye-bye. Right. And it's kind of strange, but whatever. So we were leaving daycare the other day, and he was saying it to everybody. Bye, dad. Bye, dad. And one of the other kids who's older asked the daycare teacher, why does he say that? Why is he always saying bye, dad? And she responded, well, you know, he's used to saying bye to his dad. Which is very strange because I work from home and I never really leave his side. Now, that being said... While I was initially taken back by this, because I was like, 
wait, what? You were like, what's um, that supposed to yeah, mean? Yeah, what does that mean? She's trying to say you're a deadbeat dad who yeah, leaves I guess. him all the time. But then I was realized, or maybe it was like that I have to travel for work or something like that. I don't think it was that I'm a deadbeat dad. But anyway, oh, okay. um, I think then I was realizing like you often are the one who's taking him to daycare. Yes. Because I have to work. Yes. So then he, I think he is getting used to saying bye dad in the morning. Oh. So, but yeah, another similar one that he said was love ya. He said that, that today. Quite that articulate. He did today, this morning. It was like love ya. Okay, he definitely yeah, got like those two. <laughs> Maybe not the V, but it was definitely enough that we could understand what he was saying. Very exciting. And I think as he's getting older, he's just, he's loving chaos more and more. That's what I'm observing. Like he just loves to like, throw toys all over and laugh hysterically or just like be in a chaotic situation. He just really thrives in a chaotic situation. He doesn't like calm. So that's going to be fun as we go on. What have you noticed this week? What's your recap? Well, my recap, um, not, not anything necessarily that I noticed, but yeah, this week had uh, the babysitter cancel. So I had a whole day with him, um, which was really nice. It's rare. I feel like that I get just some, he and I time solo, mano y mano. Um, so we had a really good time though, and just hung out, and then, uh, yeah, back to daycare today. So yeah, just getting back into the groove of things as everybody's getting back to work. He's getting back to daycare, all that stuff. You know, it's hard to get off routines and then get back on routines. But yeah, now now we're just back to it. Cool. <laughs> Confessions. So for this segment, we'll each tell each other two quote-unquote confessions, but only one of them is real, and the other one has to guess which is the real one. All right. Well, Allison, since you, you know, seem to have a particular way you'd like to go about this, <laughs> as always, um, <laughs> why don't you start? Okay. So here are my two. Okay. Number one. I was driving him home from a location that is only a block away, like literally takes me 45 seconds to get home from this grocery store. Okay. And I didn't buckle all of the car seat buckles because I knew I was just throwing them in there very quickly, driving on the block and getting home. Or. Well, I'll tell you first, that's the real one, but okay, go on. Or I left him in the car alone while I ran in quickly to Starbucks to grab my drink from the mobile order counter. I think it's the first one. Wrong. Oh, okay. I would never not buckle him in the car seat. But you would literally leave him in a parking <laughs> lot? Why is that better? Can you go to jail for that? Can you go to jail for um okay, I'll tell you this. I'm not a lawyer specifically that focuses on that, but I will tell you from my true crime listening, it seems like if something bad were to happen while he was left in the car, certainly you could be held to some kind of offense for that, whether it's like negligence or abandonment or something like that. Mm. So, Well, I could see the car the entire time. I mean, I double parked right in front of the door. I locked the car. I ran in and ran back out. Okay. 
yeah, I hope it was worth it for the, uh, you know, cold brew, blonde roast, yada, yada. But hey, you know, it is what it is. What I are mean, you the realities do? of taking him out of the car seat, bringing him in there, getting the coffee, bringing him back, putting him back in the car seat, that's just a hard no. Uh, I wonder if everyone at home is thinking the same thing I'm thinking, which is, ever heard of a drive-thru? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I'll try that next time. Awkward. All well, right. thank you for confessing that to me. <laughs> All right, my turn. turn. All right. One, I let him play with my flamethrower. Brian. Um, all right, let's see. No, sorry, sorry. I was letting him use my trapeze. Um, anyway, I'm just going to say my confession. Okay, so <laughs> here's what it is. Um, not that long ago, we were traveling in the car with him, and you were in the back seat because he was kind of fussy. And you put on like a little thing for him to watch. Now, we're pretty anti-screen. So, you know, I in that moment was like, oh, like you're putting on a screen like, you know, you can't you can't figure something else out right now. And then (laughs) I was definitely judgy um, in that moment. And you were like, dude, you know, like we got to get him to stop screaming. And we're currently like driving in the car. I think it's better for him to stop screaming. And it's like five minute drive or whatever versus then like when I had him solo one-on-one and this actually is going to lead into a a further discussion later on in this cast but um he was at one point when you first left this is like you know whatever yesterday or no no yeah it was a couple days ago anyway you left and he started like really freaking out and so I tried like all the things I even tried like giving him a snack like I started going down the route of like things you're not supposed to do to get him to cry just or to get him to not cry because I was just trying to soothe him in that moment anyway so he ends up grabbing the remote which happened to be on the floor at the time and he's passing it to me and going "Uh, uh, uh." so I throw on some television and boy did it work like a charm so that's my parent confession that's your confession yeah. That's was, not even bad at all. I don't really have bad things. I don't leave them in the car for various reasons and things like that. So now here's the thing. We watched more than five minutes. Maybe that's maybe that's the confession. Usually we try and limit it to a couple minutes of time. But we discovered this Netflix show. Well, it's not a Netflix show, but it is a show produced by Netflix that's like licensed from another thing called Gudetama. And it is my high for the week, so I don't I don't really want to talk about it too much. But yeah, that's my parent confession. Maybe a boring one to you, but you know, a big one to me. Who cares? Okay, I have another. You always do. <laughs> this is from a while ago. I just haven't come clean to you about it. Oh good. In months and months. Great. Okay, so last year when our child was between age zero and one. Okay. It's I a big range. Nursing, pumping at work. He was on exclusive breast milk for a long time. Okay. Exclusive and breast milk. So my parent confession is relating to that time. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we're doing the same thing. You're gonna give me a fake one and a real one. Uh huh. Okay. Yes. Option one. Okay. One. Day. This is the real one. <laughs> you don't know. I think I do. Option one. One day I was in my car and the top. On the pumped bottle of breast milk, like those Spectra bottles. Oh, yeah, I know you're talking about. It was not 100% screwed on tight. Okay, just like you, not 100% screwed on tight. (laughs) Yes. And I took a hard turn, and, like, it was just sitting in the seat next to me. 
Okay. And it fell over and like spilled all over the seat. But That's like, what that smell is. Any nursing mama out there knows how precious breast milk is and how you just cannot. And you, sa- you sat in a closet all day, you know, pumping that at your school. Exactly. So you work hard for it. Not going to give that up. Um, you just cannot accept it. So I kind of like scooped it from the seat back into the bottle. Okay. Not sure how that's possible. Because it was like in a pool in the middle of the seat. You know okay. I mean? So this is the real one then? Brian, wait to the end to guess. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. So uh, that's number one. Okay. okay so like scooping one. it back from the dirty car seat. Okay. Into the physically bottle. seems impossible because you have cloth seats. So anyway. Well, a lot of it was absorbed, but a lot of it just pooled in the middle. And I just like quickly pulled over and went zoop, scoop it up. All right. Okay. Number two is that one day I forgot my cooler where I store the breast milk. And it happened to be a cold, snowy day outside. So I just put two of the Spectre bottles full of breast milk in the snow outside of my classroom for the entire day and let them just sit there until I left. That one. Which do you think is real? The second one. Yep, you're correct. Yay. Ding, 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 ding. So yeah, I forgot the cooler, which I was known to do a few times. And I was like, ooh, I have to keep this cold. Oh, well, nature's ice right outside. So I just stuck them outside. Obviously... You know, when you're a teacher, there's, like, so much stuff you're already carrying with you each day to, like, yeah. go in and out of the classroom, let alone add, like, a bag of pumping stuff. And, like, not just the pumping stuff, but all the different parts that go to the breast pump. And then also the cooler. So Yes, yes. I appreciate your understanding. There's, there's a lot going on. I did just leave it outside for an entire day. It's not like I watched it all day, so. Yeah, I mean, we can. He, okay, look. He I made don't know it what this squirrel far. came up and Yeah, he made or it. like student came and was like oh let me get a little sip of this oh god all right that was not the craziest confession as compared to the first one where you were like i tried to get him kidnapped all right let's move into parenting news parenting news all right so for today's parenting news segment and we use news lightly i think it's more like literature review but you know you get it I read Emily Oster's very popular, highly reviewed book, Crib Sheet. Yeah, who is Emily Oster? Because I keep seeing her coming up all over the place. Oh, well, funny you should ask. She's a very popular, successful author. She's also an econ professor, I think. I think she started as an econ professor. Okay. She loves data and numbers. And she then became a mom and decided to like take a harder look at data around I think her first Momming. book was expecting better so around pregnancy and like all the myths you hear during pregnancy her first book expecting better which was wildly popular was all about why is everything wild with this woman yeah she's a wild lady um <laughs> it was all about myths and the truth and the data backing everything up that you hear so like you can't drink alcohol well she takes like a much deeper dive into how alcohol. much alcohol you can have as a pregnant person and it, does it really affect the baby? Does it really not? Eating deli meat or getting in a hot tub, all of these things that you hear you can't do when you're pregnant. She kind of digs deeper into that. So That's wild. As soon as I got pregnant, I had so many people recommend that book to me, Expecting Better. And I read it and I have to say it was fine. 
I, I know a lot of women you love it. You were expecting more. I was expecting, expecting better from a little the book. better. <laughs> it was interesting, but I didn't find it earth shattering. But that being said, Crib Sheet, I have one thing to say about it, and that is that I wish I read it before becoming a mom. Because there's a lot of good stuff in here, especially about the time you spend in a hospital when you first have the baby, um, all the things you can expect right after you have the baby, the various shots that the baby's going to get when they're going to take it for the bath, like all the decisions you're asked to make. And then just that first time breastfeeding, pumping, all of that. So much good information in here. Mm, why, great. Didn't, why didn't I read it earlier? I don't know. The baby section, I thought very helpful. Wish I would have read it. The toddler section, a little more timely for us now. And the very first thing she talks about is screen time. Okay. So obviously every toddler parent, I think, kind of wrestles with this a little bit or maybe has expectations around it. Mm -hmm. And Emily Oster decided to really look at studies and data and the effects of screen time in young kids. And I'm going to give an extremely reductive summary because it's a very thorough book. What she has been able to deduce is that excessive screen time, which I think she categorizes as more than three hours a day in children under two, does have a negative effect Ooh, like later on on and the data that she uses to measure it is later test scores which i'm sure we have a lot of opinions Oof. on using that Oof, i have a lot of opinions on that wait <laughs> so just wait 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 no you wait 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 no you wait because listen in tv time in kids three to five more tv time is linked with higher test scores I can't even begin to tell you how stupid this sounds from this lady because <laughs> of, uh, I don't even know where to start. So you're telling me like if your kid three to five is watching, you know, Animaniacs, they're, they're going to be getting something completely different than if they're watching any, you know, freaking Blade, the movie. You know what I mean? Like. What well, are we okay, talking no, 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 about no. So here? So obviously she's talking about educational programming. She's talking about Sesame Street, you know. Yeah, but even that, we could do studies to determine what even the term educational programming is. You know what I'm sure, saying? Sure, sure. And she does admit many times that there's extremely limited research on this subject. And in the studies that do exist, there's so many external factors that affect test scores and 1, language development besides just TV time. So, like I said, extremely reductive summary. For an extremely reductive book. Well, I don't know about that. But basically... Under two years old, you can't expect your child to learn anything from a television program. I understand what you're saying, but aren't there like recent articles that have come out saying that FaceTime at this age actually potentially benefits student or children for language development and like on, um, recognizing faces and th things well, like that? Well, FaceTime is different because that's interactive. I guess you could say like Dora the Explorer where she says, say the word. Yeah, anytime there's a oh, call uh, and response. Right, but the studies that Emily Oster is talking about is like learning from a TV versus learning from a live person. And the kids who learn from a live person were able to recall what they learned a week later. And the kids who learned from a TV were not. Okay. Um, well, that's very interesting. You know, I always feel like there's a certain amount of like, I don't know if it's anecdotal, you know, ideas here or just like purposefully trying to draw conclusions from like disparate data sources so that we can, you know, write a chapter basically. But I think it makes sense if your kid's under two, it's probably good to limit their screen time. And, you know, in some cases, but it's hard. It's very hard. Well, this is probably my favorite part of the entire book. Can I read a little excerpt? Will you allow it? 
please. I may stop you if it gets a little silly, though. Many studies emphasize that, for example, your kid can learn letters or vocabulary from Sesame Street, but they are better at learning those things from you. That's almost certainly true, but it is less obvious to me that this is the alternative. Many parents use TV to take a break, get their breath, make a meal, do some laundry. If the alternative to an hour of TV is a frantic and unhappy parent yelling at their kid for an hour, there is a good reason to think the TV might actually be better. Wow, that was mind-blowing. Basically, there's no right answer, and you just got to do what you think is best. All right, the next chapter was about language development. Now, this is very timely for us. Okay. Because like we had mentioned, we feel like we're kind of at the cusp of a big... The precipice, if you will. I will. And it's funny because she calls it the explosion of language that usually happens after 14 or 16 months. 14 or 16. Well, depending on gender. Because girls tend to speak earlier and learn a little bit quicker with word development than boys. Listeners, has that been true for you? I I look forward to hearing your responses. Yeah, especially listeners who have... You know, oh yeah, a boy and a girl. We have a couple listeners that have both a boy and a girl. Right. You know, there's all you always hear those stories where it's like, well, Albert Einstein didn't talk until he was four years old. Yeah, I think that I heard in Colin Jost's book that he had didn't speak until he was like four or five, oh, and yes. then and his parents were like very very worried about him. Right. And now look, he is like one of the least funny people on SNL. So there you go. There you go. So basically, she spends a lot of time talking about if slower language development has an implication later on, you know, test scores or IQ or Oof, whatever who else. Who cares about those things? Um, right. One question I do have in general about language is like, our guy does not say a lot of words, mm-hmm. but he talks quite frequently. Yes, that's so true. So I do think like there is a difference. He makes sounds. And he is... Definitely communicating beyond just like, you know, there's a certain amount of experimentation and play as they're learning to speak. But, you know, I feel like he's really trying to speak a lot despite not saying actual words. Right. Versus like a child who maybe just doesn't speak or, you know, whatever. I think there's like a there's a lot of nuance there is my point. Yes. So basically she concludes the timing of language development does have some link with later outcomes like test scores or reading ability. But the predictive power is weak for any individual child. And then also there's obviously so many other factors, just like any other study. It's hard to like isolate a child and then only study their language development without any outside factors. Right. And I wonder like how much just having a sibling plays into that oh or my like gosh, whether they yes. go to daycare or not. I mean there's so, like you said there's so many factors and at what age are we, you know, testing them to determine any of these things as well? Does does she mention a particular age that they're tested? Yes, several times between 14 and 30 months. Hmm. One thing she did say that I think uh, we could do better at, definitely I've been trying not successfully, is that reading to your child, especially under the age of two, has a huge impact on their language development. Now, as you know, I try to read to our child. <laughs> yeah, well, you I remember you were just reading that aspect of this book, and you're like, oh, we need to read to him more. And then <laughs> we like sat down, and you're like, okay, guy, I'm going to read to you now. And he like opened the book. He was sitting in your lap. 
you got through the first page, you turned to the second page, and that was it. He was done. Like, could not be less interested. And he's just scrambling to get on my lap and so run it's away. Like, to your point earlier, of like, he just <laughs> wants chaos. He's yes. not at all. In, he's not interested in the pictures. He doesn't Nothing. want you to read to him at Nothing. all. He'd much rather, like, make a giant mess. In and we have room. some fun books. Books that make music. Books that have flaps. Books where you can get the dog's tail to wag if you pull this little thing. Mm, not interested in any of it. And I'll still sit there and read to him. Meanwhile, he's going, da, 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 and throwing balls all over across the room. And I'm saying, can you find Spot? Is Spot under the table? And uh, he's not paying attention at all. Shout out to where Spot, by the way. Shout out. So, yeah, I mean, I'm going to keep trying. And maybe one of these days. Yeah, I think I, we're we're on the it, the precipice of that as well. He sometimes he'll get the book too and like hand it to us, but then you but then, then run he, away. He doesn't really want more than like two to three pages. Yeah. Anything more from uh, Emily, Emily Oster? Oster? Well, she has a lot more in here, but I felt like those were the two chapters that related to where we are right now. Her next one is about potty training. Oh yeah, we're not there yet, but we're getting there. Yes. Um, she has one about toddler discipline. Okay, so we might revisit this book in the yes. future. Well, also her last like section of the book is called The Home Front, and it's about your marriage, not your marriage, but one's, marriage? <laughs> one's marriage and how it's affected after bringing a baby home. Is it? Uh, I think so, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think usually it is. Huh. Her words were, a child ruins your marriage. Well. She mm. says it kind of cheeky. That is kind of cheeky. I think we'll be revisiting Crib Sheet for sure. Thank you, Emily Oster. So far, I thought this book has been very informative, helpful. And like I said, I wish I would have read it before I brought the baby home. Any pregnant listeners out there couldn't recommend it enough. Yeah, that's great. Well, thanks for bringing that book up. You know, I think a lot of these books are kind of reductive. But I th- you said this to me recently about something else that I was reading. If you could like, If you could learn one really good thing from a book... Mm-hmm. Even if it's kind of silly, whatever, it's worth it. It's totally so. worth it. So I definitely agree with that. While I might poke fun at this author and some of the points she's making, I'm sure there's you know a variety of, of uh, helpful pieces of information in there. Some good nuggets. All right. Why don't we bounce over to our high, our low, and our weird. Bounce. High. Low. Weird. Allison, would you like to start this week with our high... Okay, my high is very simple, mm-hmm. very cute, very mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. Our guy ran over to the mirror, mm-hmm. looked at himself in the mirror, started laughing, and then gave himself a kiss. Oh, yeah. He's loving the mirror lately. Yeah, we that's have, new. We have one of those, what would you call it, like a full-size mirror? Is mm-hmm. that what it's called? That's what it's called. Uh, so, And he's just really loving it, just running over to himself, yelling at himself. He was yelling, no, 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 to himself recently. <laughs> I don't know what that was about. Yeah, but the kiss, the smooch, and then the laughing. I don't know if he thinks it's like another child or is he showing some self-love? Maybe. What was your high? Oh, I'm so glad you asked because now we get to unpack the Netflix show, Gudetama. We've been waiting. All right. Now, um, for any of you weebs out there, if you if you know, you know. If you don't know what a weeb is, then, well, you don't know. Sorry, no you're idea. Not, you don't get to learn. Basically, there's this show on Netflix. I 
cannot recommend this enough for those of you who have a child, let's say five or younger. I would actually say, I mean, it could it could go even higher, but basically it's a Japanese show um, about both an egg and a chicken. So a chicken and an egg. Mm. And they're on a quest to find their mother hen, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's this crazy adventure that this egg and this chicken go on together. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of hijinks. And it's extremely weird. So this is like right up my alley because it's so strange. Um, now, the thing that's really cool about it is like I found myself as an adult laughing so much to this show. And it's a kid's show? It's a kid's show. But okay. like it's so clever and there's so many subtle things like where they'll be deep in this like very fantastical situation and then Gudetama, who's the egg, he's kind of like sarcastic. He'll just like poke his head out to the side kind of and say, I can't even remember an example, but there's so many times where he was like kind of breaking the fourth wall and speaking to the adults that are watching this. Fun. And it's so, so, so funny. Now, the other thing is it deals with like a lot of very kind of adult themes, like the idea of like death and loss. And there's also like danger and fear involved and then mm-hmm. also abandonment and trying to find the mother hen and all of this and it is so good like if you have not watched it you don't know anything about it go over to netflix kids check out Gudetama. it's so awesome you won't regret it that's my high of the week nice all right what's your uh what's your low of the week my low would just be the fact that we always think We've child-proofed, toddler-proofed, like... Oh, yes. That our area... This is such a good one. ...is safe, and there really aren't any dangerous situations present in, like, the main area where he plays. But every day, he's, like, reaching more, standing on more, getting into more perilous situations. And, yeah, it's like, oh, I didn't think that he was going to stand on the ottoman and then take a step back where it's like just things keep happening where it's like oh great nope not that safe of a place i can't remember who was saying it if it's like gabber mate or one of those people was saying like your child needs like a one place in your house that's like totally safe a yes zone they yeah. call it uh-huh. yeah and basically like we've it, it's it's impossible to create that we're trying well like we don't, there's no space in the house where he can do that, really. Even in his own room, like, he's going to, tr- like, step on the toy and trip. Like, there's just no way to truly right make a, a safe space for him. And you're also not going to attach, like, you know, a, a bungee cord to the ceiling so that he won't ever fall down, you know? like mm, That's kind of a good idea. Billion dollar idea right there. Shark Tank. So, yeah, it's just like injuries keep happening and he's Mm. very active and like i said he loves chaos but he does trip over his own feet quite a bit Mm -hmm. and just that like he's just so happy and excited and then how quickly it can shift into just absolutely a look of betrayal when he falls he just looks at me like how could you let me fall that's what i think his face is saying right and it's yeah it's a little stressful honestly that's my low of the week um as well like there's just it, I feel like in the last week, there's just a lot of, like, minor head injuries, basically. And, you know, I think probably every parent has gone through this. But it's just, like, 
he bumps his head a little against the wall or like the corner, you know, where like two walls meet and then he'll have like a little mark on his head or like he walked into the car door. There's just, there's been a lot of those I feel like in the last week and you know, it's scary. Um, oh yeah. I, I ran downstairs for one second to grab something yesterday. I came upstairs. You said he had like bumped his head really hard on the ground. So yeah, those things just really freak me out because it's his head you know and then i find myself just like worrying about that and then reading like how to know if your child has a concussion Mm -hmm. those types of things but i think we've been really lucky so far hopefully we will continue that but yeah to again like he's climbing on the couch and he's really fearless like i don't know when that fear kicks in where they start like actually watching where they're walking and trying to be careful but right now he's not doing that he's just like Oh, there's the ottoman. Let me just uh, literally walk on top of the ottoman and uh, hopefully I won't fall off and land on my face. And you know what? Most often he doesn't because we're there to catch him. So it's like, I'm not saying should we let him fall, but if he falls, is he going to learn even? I don't know that he would even learn or realize like, oh, you know what? The reason I fell down is because I, you know, lost my balance. Like there's no way he's going to even know that. So the yeah. low is not just that he's, you know, d- like falling down and all this stuff, but there's no way truly for us to teach him how to not do that other than like sheer repetition, like 9,000 times. You're like, nope, don't step on the car that has wheels because you're going to fall down. Right. What's your weird? So I have noticed that our son is very interested in our dog, Lucy, while she's eating. And I have noticed recently, like sometimes in the morning, I'll put a bowl of, like a little bowl of Cheerios out on the floor for him. And Wait, a bowl of Cheerios on the floor for the Oh, I'm so glad you're saying toddler? it like this. So what not I mean is, dog. not for the dog, so for the toddler. So what I mean is, um, like, you know, we'll be playing on the floor mm-hmm. and he'll want a snack or something, like post-breakfast, pre-lunch snack. Gotcha. Brunch, if you will. So... He has these bowls that have like a suction cup on the bottom. I'm sure a lot of people have seen it. And what I really like about it is I can stick it to either the floor or the counter or like the uh, table part of his high chair. And he can't throw it on the ground, basically. So I put it on the ground like I normally do for him. And he usually sits there and just takes a couple out, eats them. This time he was channeling our dog and he kept putting his face in the bowl. And, like, trying to eat it like the dog. (laughs) And uh, I did get a video of this that I shared with you and some family members. But, yeah, just very, very weird. Um, Very funny. But I was also just, like, if somebody just walked in at this moment in time that didn't know us, they'd be like, why are you feeding your child like a dog? So that's definitely my weird of the week. (laughs) What about you? It's a good one. Mine, I guess, is just the new way he's been playing with his various musical toys. Okay, what do you mean by that? So he has a fair amount of little toys that make sounds, be it like little songs or, I don't know, a voice. Oh, yeah, like little quick tunes. Yeah, Yeah, or like he presses a color and it says or, you know, whatever. His new thing is like to try and get these all to be making a noise at the exact same time. Oh, yeah. And that involves him standing on some of them to use his feet to press the button and then like touching all of them at the same time to try to get them to just play over each other. It's kind of like Twister. Like I said, he likes chaos and that includes cacophony. Oh yeah. Uh, Yeah. That was, we have like, 
Some of them are big toys that are not soft either. So he'll like have, you know, 14 different very loud sounds going at the same time. And they all continue to make sound like two minutes after he's done yes, playing with them. Yes, what is that with kids' toys? So it is the gift that keeps on giving because <laughs> he'll be like, all right, I'm good. I'm moving on. And then five seconds later, you hear all these same toys go off like together because they haven't been played with. Now, yeah, why is that a thing with all of these? It's I like think it's because it's trying to ke- remind him that it like to kind of keep his interest. And I have noticed mm. that it's pretty effective sometimes like, I don't know how to describe it. There's like a barnyard one. Some of you will will know it. Um, you know, it's the one that goes, thanks for calling. But anyway. <laughs> it's a walker and it also makes a bunch of sounds. Like barnyard related. Anyway, so that yeah, one. Yeah, it says, welcome to our learning farm. Exactly. We have lots of. We have lots to show you. Lots to show uh, you. Anyway. I don't so know how I messed up the words. I've heard it about yeah, 200,000 times. Per day. But anyway, so yeah. So this barnyard one it basically, you know, stopped making sound. And then a few minutes later, started making sound again. And he had already, like, walked off. And then he came back and was then continuing to <laughs> He's play. He's like, oh, what now? So I think, you know, I think it just because they have, like, no attention span, it just kind of keeps their attention. That's one. And two, I think it's also just a reminder of, like, hey, you left me on. You might want to turn me off because, you know, batteries. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Well, with that, I think that's our episode today. Good job. Thanks for, for listening, especially if you live in New Zealand or Australia. You're our favorite listeners. Yeah. No offense, fellow Americans. Yeah, no offense to people outside of New Zealand. You can always follow us at Probably Okay Parenting for some extra premium content on Instagram. Interesting. If your child is just hitting their head on all sorts of counters and drawers and just everything in sight. If you can't fall asleep because all you can hear is, welcome to our learning farm. We have lots to show you. If you feel like it's impossible to truly create a safe place for your child to play. If you didn't really like expecting better that much, but you do like crib sheet. It's it's probably probably okay. okay.